Hello, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I have a great show for you today. Daniel Francesi, who played Damien in the movie Mean Girls, he's going to be here to recap Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club with me. I'm super excited about that. And then after after him, we'll be talking about The Real Houses of New Jersey. But real quick, let me just say, you guys, I woke up yesterday, and I was just... I wasn't I wasn't feeling great. I woke up... And do you ever have one of those days where you just feel really sad for no reason? I just felt sad for no reason. And I don't know if any of you out there have suffered from depression, but for me, whenever I wake up and have one of those days, I'm always worried it's going to end up as like a longer episode of sadness. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it'll just be one day, but I I get scared because I've I've had depression in my past. I think, oh, I hope this doesn't turn into something longer, right? So the whole day, I'm just hoping I snap out of it. I'm doing all the things that I normally do to try to get me to snap out of it. And I don't know, sometimes I find you just have to allow yourself to have those bad days and and hope the next day is better. But anyway, spending the whole day and then in the evening time, I, you know, Matt, my boyfriend is like, are you okay? And I was like, you know, I'm just not feeling good. I said, I feel like Carrie Bradshaw in the Sex and the City movie. Do you remember when she was in Mexico? And this was after her and Big didn't get married in the first movie. And the girls, the gals all take their honeymoon to Mexico. And Carrie Bradshaw, she can't even get out of bed. She closes all the blinds. And at one point, Samantha has to come in the room and, like, feed Carrie pudding. You know, like, Carrie can't even fucking lift the spoon of pudding (laughs) into her mouth. And, like, it's the most dramatic fucking thing. But I was like, that's how I felt. I told Matt that. I was like, I feel like Carrie, when she can't lift the pudding spoon into her mouth. So Matt's talking, he's like, you know, if there's anything I could do, he's like, you'll snap, hopefully you'll snap out of it, blah, blah, blah. So then later in the evening comes and I'm like, I have to watch this episode of The Real House of New Jersey to recap it for the show. So I put it on, but I put it on kind of thinking, oh, I'm not in the mood. Like I just, I just wanted to crawl under the covers, right? But I put it on anyway. And on the episode, the gals go to Cabo. Usually the gals always cheer me up. When I put on the Housewives, it's like, I'm usually in a better mood when I put them on. Like, if I see fucking Ramona Singer, it's like instantly my mood is lifted and my serotonin levels go up. But <laughs> this was an extreme circumstance. So I put it on, they go to Cabo, and from they land in Cabo, and from the airport to the hotel, they're on a bus. And while they're on the bus, Margaret, she says to Teresa, because Teresa just got off her weight building, weightlifting competition. And so Teresa's ready to let loose this weekend. She's ready to eat and drink and all that stuff. So Margaret says that Teresa's, she said, Teresa's going to be in a Mexicoma. She said it, though, like nasal. She's like, Teresa's going to be in a Mexicoma. (laughs) So she said that on the bus ride, which that's a joke from the Sex and the City movie. Do you remember they say that Carrie's in a Mexicoma? And it's like a, a moment where Carrie doesn't laugh, right? Like she she wants to laugh, but she's so depressed about Big. And so I'm watching this episode and I'm, I almost, I like wanted to laugh because all the girls, mind you, like Melissa, Teresa, Jackie, Jennifer, Dolores, they were all like, oh my God. <laughs> like they thought everything Margaret said was so, Margaret said that one Mexicoma joke and they acted like they, like they acted like Margaret was fucking Mrs. Maisel or Phyllis Stiller on stage. It was like Margaret made the best, funniest joke. They were <laughs> like, so. <laughs> That's an annoying. That was like that's my fake laugh. But they were all. They were. I hope that's not too annoying. My apologies. <laughs> Escort the dogs out of the room when you listen to my podcast. Anyway, the point is, they were all laughing, and I at home wanted to laugh. 
Just like Carrie, I wanted to laugh, but I wasn't quite there yet. And do you remember in the Sex and the City movie when they tell Carrie, like, when something's really funny, you'll laugh. And then eventually in the Sex and the City movie in Mexico, Carrie sees Charlotte shit her pants and she laughs, right? So I'm watching Houses in Jersey and I'm, I want to laugh, but I'm thinking it's not quite funny enough. Even though I feel like Carrie in Mexico, the Mexicoma joke just wasn't funny enough for me, but I wanted to laugh. And the episode ends. I go down. I think about it in my head. I thought, oh, I have my dry cleaning in my car. I left it in my car. So I was like, I better go down to the garage, go to my car and get the dry cleaning. So I go to my car and I live in a small building, but there's a garage, like a communal garage. Everyone parks their cars in. And I go to my truck and my truck is sort of, you have to like walk past my truck to get to the front door of the building or to get in the building. So I go to my car and my dry cleaning fell in the back seat. It was like in in the back underneath my the driver's seat. So I go back there, open the door, and I'm like kind of like under the seat trying to get my dry cleaning out. Well, just as I was, somebody, an older gentleman pulled in. Now there's a lot of older gentlemen in my building, and I'm talking 70 plus. Like there's <laughs> and a lot of gay 70 plus, you know, it's like a lot of men in like homemade Abercrombie tank tops from 1997. And they all live in the building. And you know, great men, but they're all just like, you know, clinging to their youth, which I will be too at that age. So no shame. But so a man pulls in and I see him pull in, but I'm like digging my dry cleaning on my back seat. And I'm still so sad. It like took so much energy to just get me to that car. So I'm in the back seat and then Sky parks his car right by my truck. And it's an, uh, it's one of the older gentlemen. He's probably like it's late seventies. I don't know the exact age, but definitely late seventies clinging to his youth in a cutoff Abercrombie tank. Parks his car, gets out of his car, and closes his door. And you guys, I'm going to say something kind of blue right now. I just want to let you know in advance. Like I, Anyway, I hear the loudest fart I've ever heard in my life. Ever. And so I'm like, I was like, take it. It was almost like, it was like an earthquake or something. You know, here in LA, we get earthquakes. I was like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) What's happening? Like, who's near me? Because somebody like farted right on me. My first instinct was like, maybe Matt's playing like a trick on me or something. Because I'm like scared. Like, literally, when I say it shook me, it shook me. Like, I was like, is there, you know, do I need to get undercover? Like, is it an earthquake? Do I need to get out of a doorway? I'm everything's running through my head. Like, if it's an earthquake, am I supposed to be in the garage? Should I go, you know, somewhere else? Then I stand up and I realize, like, this older gentleman let out the loudest fart. What seemed like he pooped his pants. I'll be honest. It sounded like that. Anyway, I look at his face and he has this look of, like, oh shit. Like, not oh shit in multiple ways. Like, he was like, oh shit. He looks at me. He, like, he lost all color in his face. And I just started laughing. It was like I finally had that release. Like, I thought his face to me was so funny because it was like he didn't mean to poop his pants. It was like he just, I think he thought he was like getting out of his car. He thought no one would be in the garage at night. He didn't, certainly didn't see me right, right next to him. Like, I was so close to him. And then when he saw that, I heard, you know, his fart. <laughs> Sorry, this is blue. But anyway, he saw that I heard it and he, he gave me this look that it just finally made, it made me laugh so hard. And it felt like such a sweet release because I'd been having such a tough day. And then I couldn't stop laughing. Like I came up, I came upstairs and I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, this, what just happened? The man was horrified. We didn't speak any words. Like after we both looked at each other and I just started laughing and this man scurried along probably to his apartment bathroom. (laughs) He scurried along to get a new pair of pants and 
I, I like couldn't even get, I was like laughing in the backseat of my car, just like hurtled over, cracking up. And the, the same way that Melissa, Teresa, Jackie, Jennifer, and Dolores were laughing at Marge's joke. That's how I was laughing in the backseat of my truck. And I, I couldn't have, it couldn't have come at a better time. And so my point of this story is sometimes the morning time you might wake up and think you're going to have a terrible day. You might be worried about where the day's going. You might be sad. But on the other side of that morning, on the other side of a tough day, is a good laugh. So you never know. One morning you might wake up and it might be hell. And then by nighttime, you might be stuck in a garage looking at a man who's 78, uh, holding on to his youth in an Abercrombie Tate top from 1997, who farts and poops his pants in front of you, and you will get a good laugh. And so I just want to encourage everyone out there, if you're having a bad day, just know that on the other side of a bad day is a good day. On the other side of a sadness is a laugh. So I hope that encourages you. <laughs> I hope the old man pooping his pants in front of me. <laughs> you guys, his face, he looked like he was worried. Like when I tell you he was worried, he was worried. <laughs> uh, but you know, I need, you know, you need a good laugh. And so I was very grateful that it didn't end up being you know, a full-on bout of depression. It was just a rough day. But, you know, we all have those. So, I want to talk. <laughs> I wonder how many people turned off the podcast after that story. I'm sorry. I had to tell it. It was. I thought it was inspiring. <laughs> I thought it was an inspirational tale. I'm going to get that story knitted on a pillow. I don't know. I feel like I need to be reminded that you might have a bad day, but then it'll turn it around. And it was just like Carrie's journey. In the Sex and the City movie, you know, from Mexicoma, from her Mexicoma to uh, or someone sharting in front of her. Just saying. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Anyway, we got to get to Lohan's show. <laughs> I feel like that's a bad transition. I don't know. How do we go from shitting the pants? You know what? I'm sure Lindsay has shit her pants a time or two. She's lived a life. I'm certain there's been times where she's been fucked up and she's shed her pants. And so, you know, that's the segue. That's the transition from that to the Lohan show. Now, I only have Daniel for a short time and I want to talk to him about the show and I want to get his input and I want to see how he's reacting to it and stuff. Before I do, I want to go over a couple of things from the episode. This was episode three. The episode title was called Lohan Rules, which... I had said on the show, they need to call something Lohan Rules. It's like Georgia Rule. <laughs> the episode title was Lohan Rule, and I was loving that. This week was really great, you guys. It was really great. We got a lot of weird Lindsay's moments, but then we also had all these monsters. It was wonderful. I wonder if it's empty. Does it look empty to you guys? There's a couple shots this episode where I was looking in the background, and it looked like the place was empty. I don't know if it was or not. Anyway, the past couple weeks on the show, I think I've been saying Panos' name wrong. I think I've been saying Panos, and somebody corrected me that was Panos. I hope I'm saying it correctly. I'm trying. I think it's Panos. And this episode, Alesso's coming. So Alesso, I had to look it up. Alesso's a DJ. (laughs) They had that staff meeting, and 
Lindsay was like, Alessio's coming. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like, if it's not, you know, a Hunt, a Helen Hunt, a Bonnie Hunt, Holly Hunter, then I don't know who they are. Like, I'm unclear. By the way, I love when they have those staff meetings. It reminds me of Vanderpump Rules. I love a staff meeting. Anyway, Alessio's coming. Alesso, not Alessio. See, now I'm getting all the names confused. And pa- Pano says that Alessio wants a spa day, and he says, we need to prepare for everything. And at this point, I'm thinking that's code for prostitution. because. We saw a couple episodes ago with Natasha, the VIP client, that they want them to prostitute themselves. I think this is a prostitution ring, you guys. Panos is like, who should I assign to Alessio? And Jules, that pretty blonde girl, is like, oh, I'll do it. And Panos is like, no, you're more like the girl next door type. And I thought, like, what the fuck mattered that how she looks? Like, why do we care how she looks? First of all, she's beautiful, stunning, be- stunning. But... It's like, it shouldn't really matter if she's just serving him drinks all day. Like, why the fuck does she have to be his type? So that's why I'm starting to think, like, this is a prostitution ring on camera, and I'm not convinced any otherwise. And then at one point when Alessio does come, we do know that he wants a spa day, but then I was confused, like, is there not a spa here? Because Janita and Brent were assigned to him after Jules was turned down. Like, literally, Panos was like, nope, you're not doing it. You're not, <laughs> you're not his type. Then Janita and Brent were doing it, and they were making him a salt scrub at one point. Like, they literally went to the kitchen, and they were like, get the sea salts. And I'm thinking, don't they have a spa here? Like, if this is some big resort, which I don't think it is, you guys. I think it's a small resort. And I don't think they have a spa. Because if they did have a spa, guess what? Brent and Janita would have gotten a salt scrub from the spa. They wouldn't have made their own in the kitchen. And second of all, why were they even making a salt scrub? It's so unclear to me what their jobs are here. It's so fucking confusing. Like, I don't know. They're supposed to get the, get them bottle service. But then at some points in this episode, they were all just like playing in the pool on the beach. Like Jules at one point was like, well, I'm just going to go, you know, fool around all day. And then it was like her and the mic just playing in the ocean. I was like, well, are we working here? Like what's ha-? no one's role is clear. It's all very confusing. And then Lindsay, this episode is run around with that champagne gun. Just shooting people with champagne. I don't think she should be holding a gun or champagne. I think I think those are two items that should be away from Lindsay. And not to, they shouldn't be something that should be grouped together for Lindsay Lohan. You know, keep them separate. There should be separate champagne, separate guns. I don't think there should be guns on this resort at all. I definitely think that's a fact. No guns. Certainly no champagne guns. She doesn't need a gun that just shoots champagne into people's mouths. And did you see her when she was walking around that resort just shooting? At one point, there was like a, a what looked like a young couple at a table, and Lindsay was just shooting them with champagne, and they were laughing, but they were not enjoying it. Imagine you're just there for lunch, and you're like, just trying to get a fucking club sandwich, and someone's shooting champagne in your eye. <laughs> like, I don't think... And then she said she felt like Putin. What the fuck? What the fuck? And they're subtitling everything when Lindsay says. Because even the editors are like, I can't believe she just fucking said she wanted. She felt like Putin. <laughs> like, what? They're like, did you catch that? It all happened so fast. So they put in a subtitle. I'm surprised. By the end of the season, they're going to be the editors are going to be slowing it down. Like they'll be slowing down the footage <laughs> with the subtitle. <laughs> but then she just she asked the people to line up, and I thought she was saying like line up like a line of Coke. You know, that's what was my first instinct. And then she just wanted the workers to line up so she could spray their faces. And none of them wanted to be sprayed. The girls were like, we just did our hair. But Lindsay is like spraying them with champagne regardless. And she sprays them right in the fucking face. 
And I was like, what? What is this job? And then before she got the champagne gun, did you see there was like this guy dancing on the bar, like a patron dancing on the bar. Lindsay sees him. She goes over to the DJ booth, grabs the microphone, and she says, hey, guys, we have a guy over here who wants attention. And I like, I was on the edge of my seat. I was thinking, what are you going to do? I think I thought she was like jealous that somebody else was getting attention. But then, you know, so she announced on the microphone and that was when she got the champagne gun. And she said in her confessional, when she saw this guy dancing on the bar, she said, my biggest fear is being judged and I don't want other people being judged. And then she called attention to this man. It's like people weren't judging him. You literally like got on a microphone and told everyone to look at this man. I was like, what? What the fuck? So they all get sprayed with that stupid gun. Brent and Sarah, Brent asked Sarah to be his girlfriend. Last episode, he called her a fucking six. And now this girl's going to be his girlfriend? Like, what the fuck? And then it's like their day off. So Brent asked Sarah to be his girlfriend on the day off. They even said on the Chiron, they said, it's their day off. And they went out that night to see Alessio in concert. But then Panos, Panos was like asking them to work. And... Then Panos was, like, getting mad at them for not promoting the club or something. And it's like, there's no lines drawn here, right? Like, it's so unclear what their positions are or what their job description is. It's unclear of when they're on the clock because they were at this concert and they were supposed to be on the clock, apparently. And Lindsay was, like, getting mad at them for, like, kissing each other or something. But even the Chiron said they weren't. It said, like, night off. And so it's like all of these, there's no lines drawn, no rules. And I thought, like, this is why Lindsay has maybe been a bit of a mess in the public eye, because there's no clear lines for her. And then they have this new guy show up from the Abbey, which Abbey, if you're not familiar, Abbey's like this big gay bar here in West Hollywood. They had an Abbey reality show last year, which I thought was great. Gone too soon. It was on E! I loved it. It was called What Happens at the Abbey. But uh, this guy, Alex, shows up. He's been in a relationship for three years, but he's only 26. And he's gay, and he's hooked up with Mike, who Mike's a bisexual. And they hooked up at a Christmas party or something. And this guy seems like a really nice guy, right? Like, he seemed reserved to me at first. But then he gets to the island. And he starts hooking up with the new VIP clients. So there's these three new or three or four new girls that show up from the Italian girls who don't speak English. They're the VIP clients for the day. And this new guy, Alex... He's making out with one of them at one point, and Lindsay and Panos are like, great, look, he's doing a great job. He's going to, you know, take somebody else's job. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? This is a prostitution ring. One point, he has to give one of the girls a massage, and he was all for it. Like, they were all, and the whole cast, like, everyone's like, oh, Alex is doing such a great job. I hope I keep my job. And I thought, like, he's doing a great job because he's making out with the client. Like, what the fuck? Lindsay said in her, <laughs> Lindsay said in her confessional, I like Alex. He's kind, good, and respectful. And I'm like, that's respectful? Like, he's making out with the client? Like, what the fuck? It is fucked up. And then they show next time. There's like a big slap, you guys. Did you see the previews for next week? There's a slap, and I can't fucking wait. It looked like, um, you know when Stasi slapped Kristen? It looked like a more intense version of that. Like, this show is bringing it. They're bringing it. So, look, I love the episode. I want to talk more about the episode with Daniel, um, but I wanted to, you know, go through it a little bit with you guys before I bring Daniel because I have a limited amount of time with him. So, um, I want to bring Daniel out. We'll talk more Lindsay. And then afterwards, we'll recap Real Houses in New Jersey. So, please stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Is that your natural hair color? Yeah. It's gorgeous. Thank you. See, this is the color I want. This is Damien. He's almost too gay to function. <laughs> you guys, I'm here with Daniel Franzese. Daniel, you've been a friend of the show. You've been on the show before. <laughs> yes. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm so glad you're here, especially for this, because this show... Have you been watching Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club? Yeah, because I watch it like I watch the footage in my hotel room of what's going on by the pool, because I'm going <laughs> to Mykonos. Are you going to go? Are you kidding? How could I not? You have, yeah. I want to go there and make out with their staff. <laughs> Which, I, we were just talking about this. It's literally a prostitution ring. Like, that's what's going on here. There's, I don't know what's happening, but it so looks confusing. fun. Now, you worked with Lindsay and Mean Girls. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> but, those years are a blur. Those years are a blur. It seems like Mean Girls is having a renaissance now, though, because Jonathan Bennett is on in the Big Brother house. With Dina Lohan. With Dina Lohan. Which I am also watching. Okay, well, I'm watching that, too. What do you... Wait, so Dina, this week... Jonathan's playing the game. Yeah. What, he's, what like, you, slaying it. Like, wait, he's, so you're a Big Brother fan. Like, you know how that... I mean, yeah. I've watched Big Brother a few times, and I watched Celebrity Big Brother UK mm. when um, Michelle Fassaz was on. Yes. Because yes. I had to. And then I, I think it was... I don't know if Perez was on at the same time, but I also watched the one Perez was on. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to watch Celebrity Big Brother UK in the U.S., in the U.S., yeah. yeah, it's like difficult. You have to illegal. watch it like with like Chinese subtitles on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, I I watched the celebrity version. I watched Celebrity U.S. last year, not the U.K. one. But I get addicted, and I'm like watching the live feeds. Like last night, I was legit watching live feeds, which is disgusting. Like I'm like, yeah, so, I can't. Do I that. find it so voyeuristic. Like I was watching. Are they like naked? No, they like cut away a lot of times. And there's a lot in, of times the, in the U.K. They just let them do whatever. They show nudity. You know, not in the U.S. They don't because I watched the live feeds last year too occasionally like like it'll someone will be like taking off something and then they cut the camera out or mm-hmm. something um but it is it's very voyeuristic like last night candy was talking candy burris from the real house of atlanta was talking about like a either a tummy tuck or like some sort of plastic surgery she had and i was like i don't even think that she's talked about that publicly <laughs> it was just like oh so she's just like doesn't even like you kind I of mean, forget after a while right. I mean, you can't be on 24 uh, hours a day i think that's the point but dina in one of her interviews she's like jonathan is like a son to me ever since mean girls and i was wondering was that were they close or was that real i don't know <laughs> i don't know daniel tell me about dina back in the day <laughs> dina was always so nice to me like i like dina i'm i'm into dina she was always so sweet always so complimentary always like uh very generous it was Michael Lohan that I think was the issue. And Michael's the dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm endlessly fascinated. And the show, I find so incredibly fascinating because it's like every time Lindsay's on screen, I feel like we're getting a different version of her. Like sometimes she's like that tough boss kind of girl. And then other times, yeah, she's throwing someone to make out with someone. Uh, that also <laughs> sounds like my life. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? I don't know. If I was being filmed, sometimes I'd be a tough boss. Yeah. And sometimes I would be like encouraging my friends to make out with people. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's entertaining as fuck. That one moment, though, in this episode, which we're going to talk about, she said, I feel like Putin when she had the, she had a champagne gun. And she's like, I feel like Putin. And she was spraying all the kids with champagne. I call them kids, but they're our age. <laughs> but yeah, she was like, oh, well, I feel like The Putin. thing that I don't like about the show that much is I want more Lindsay. Agreed. I want it to be about Lindsay. I don't want it to be, I don't, Lindsay's like a Trojan horse to show us these like drunk trash bags. Yeah. I was actually skeptical about the trash bags. Like I thought they were going to be boring. And then now I'm, I'm into all the trash bags, but I still want more Lindsay. Yeah. I want, I want, I want a lot more Lindsay. Right. Now, 
this is episode three. The episode's called Lohan Rules. We're going to kind of run through it. And then I'll probably throw in some, like, you tell me about this. <laughs> you tell me you know, some questions. I'm a big insider. I worked with her 15 years ago. I know everything. <laughs> it's still a little bit of an insider. No, I mean, it's a little bit. We still keep in touch. I So last week on the show, Brent, he told all the girls that they were sixes or it, it tops. He said that, like, out of 10, he said, your sixes are better. Your sixes are worse. Here's the thing. All these people are um, trash. Trash. <laughs> All these people are being paid to be pretty. So if like someone, if if another pretty person can call you a six and it makes you cry, then you legitimately have to like reevaluate reevaluate your lifestyle. It just made me so sad. Even in the first episode, like they were like in. I love the part when they were all like swimming in the pool and like Lindsay meets them for the first time and she's like, "Well, maybe like don't wear a bra when you first meet me." Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Lindsay i know like she just like dropped Wait, it on her do you what's what's Lindsay like to go out with is she like a is she a fun gal out on the town like yeah what? uh well the last time we went out we had a really good time i felt a little i felt bad for her more than a little bad for her because i think she gets a bad rep um you know at this time the last time we went out out uh was when she was doing her oprah show mm. and uh she's famously sober at this time you know and like going through all these different things to try to remain sober and we showed up at the club and they gave her 36 drink tickets she was like what am i supposed to do with this she looked like a little kid at chuck e cheese with like all the tickets she was like take these from me and And she's publicly sober too and she had two hands worth of drink tickets for three people and I, i understand what they're trying to do they're trying to accommodate her but i just feel like when you're in the public eye and you're somebody that's like famously sober, like people need to have like a little more couth. Right. You know, I think like um, the same thing with her apartment at the time she was lamenting. She talked about it on the show a little bit, but they knew it was her moving in. So they raised the rent before she moved in. That's trash. Like, it's just like hard, you know, I think it's a little harder. Not that she didn't create that lifestyle yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. or like, you know, cause that stuff's like a frozen snake, that kind of fame. Like, you know, you yeah. have to, you know what you're dealing with and, like, if you thaw it out and it bites you, you can't be like, why'd you do that? It'll be like, mm-hmm. bitch, I'm a snake. You right. knew I was a snake. Right, right. So that's it's kind of like, that's the, I don't like chase fame. Yeah. I chase success. I chase, like, legacy. I chase um, art. Right. I chase right. money, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but fame is, like, should be a byproduct of all those other things. Do you think she chased fame or do you think fame I think when she was 15 her? because I think yeah. that's what she wanted. That's What is somebody who grew up in the industry want by the time they're 15? Yeah, you know you can't be judging what you want when you're 15. Also, the culture at that time was so different in terms of fame. Yes, it was. It was. There was uh, ten thousand dollar gift bags at parties, which they don't have anymore because it got tacky. You know, and um, there was uh, they were like saying, "Oh, we'll give you twenty five thousand dollars or to sixty thousand dollars and fly you and ten of your friends to Vegas if you go host this party." There were all these crazy kind of things that were happening in Hollywood. There were underage people drinking in all the hottest clubs. Like that yeah. stuff doesn't really fly anymore. How old were you guys during Mean Girls? She was 16 and I was 26. 16. Yeah. Shit. That's so young. And then at that time, they were probably throwing drinks at her then. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if they were on like on the movie set or anything right, like that. I'm after, trying to think yeah. back. But I do remember, for sure, being at a club with her and seeing like Haley Duff there and seeing like the Olsen twins. And, you know, like, these people, I'm being like, these people are too young to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I remember distinctly being like, this is crazy. At, it's so sad to me. At a young age, I feel like you don't even know what you're doing. I didn't know what I was doing at, at yeah, 16, yeah. 17. So if I had influences, 
I didn't have those influences in my life. But if I did have people around me trying to get me to drink or party or anything, I feel like what could happen. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, in this episode, Alesso, the DJ was showing up and the ambassadors were all very nervous about him. They gather everyone up and they say like, we need to make sure Alesso's happy. And this is where it got weird to me where it's like, they want him to be happy. And they keep saying the the VIP guest needs to be happy. But in my mind, it's like, I think they're saying you need to sexually please them. <laughs> like that's the implication to me because, because it's like the, the, the guy in the first episode of that was Natasha, that model, Natasha, right? Natasha, that Natasha thing was really weird to me. Cause it was like, she's a high roller. Like, and then, you know, on the, you're watching the episode after he has spent all day with her, making out with her, flirting with her in the water with her. And then he's back home and he's just like, how many bottles did I get it to buy? I got it about, I got it to buy three bottles. Like I got it, you know, would you sell? And then he's like, and then Panos the next day is like, I'm very happy with you. Like you sold three bottles. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, cause you think Panos is going to be like, you shouldn't have fucking made out with that girl. Like that's but what you also most think bosses- you're like, Natasha, you're our friend. You're going to sign this release. You're going to be featured on the reality show, but we're going to talk about how we price gouged you for like three bottles. <laughs> like, <laughs> Some, like, weird... And she came back. She was back this episode. She came right back. She came right back, and in this episode, she was like asking to get. She's like, "Can you bring well, you Brent over?" You know what they say. What? Natasha comes always comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha always comes back. Yes. <laughs> you know that old the colloquialism. Old yeah. Right. Right. No I and team, and Natasha always comes back. That's it. Um, she did come back, but she was asking for Brent and the Brent. Tattoo that said that. All of a sudden, Brent was like acting better than it. He's like, "I'm not seeing. I don't want to go over to Natasha's booth or or." He was trying to get away from it because he was trying to impress the other girl. Yeah, I hate Brent. He's a monster, right? Do you think Brent's a monster? Well, I don't know. I think that's just like a whole different species of person than I even like know. <laughs> Yeah, you don't recognize it. No, I watch that. I'm like, that's a whole nother machine. So then they get this other guy to come in from West Hollywood. He's a bartender at the Abbey. His name is Alex. And then he's making out with some other female VIP guests. And it's like the whole... (laughs) All in a day's work. It's just like crazy to me. And then again, we're having Panos be like, good job, Alex. Like, What happens if they get fired? If they get fired, do they go to unemployment? And they're like, I've made out with seven VIPs this week. I'm trying to get a gig. It's like so crazy to me that we're all just accepting that they're making out with people. And then also there's so all these like hints and implications that it's like, that's what they're supposed to be doing. And, and they should keep going as far as the VIP guests want them to go. And I'm like, this doesn't seem right to be on TV. And they're all doing it willingly open in front of a camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then these poor kids too. So like then Alesso comes and he throws a concert and all the kids are invited to go to the show. They're all having a good time, and Panos is getting mad at everyone for not... It's like, all you're doing is drinking. I don't see you selling. <laughs> you're not walking. This is not Dr- Lindsay Lohan's drink house. This is beach house. You have to walk around the beach. <laughs> Which, by the way, backing up, it's so confusing to me, the title, because it's called Beach House. Ha- her resort is called Lindsay Lohan's Beach House. But the show is called Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. Which doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why they would... Probably because MTV is going to have to own the title. Mm. So then they're not going to be able to, they can't own the brand that's right. happening in Mykonos too, just because they have the show. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, how do you think Lindsay's coming across so far on the show? Do you think this is doing her favors or do you think this is making it, things worse for her? Um, I think it's interesting to see her as a boss. I think it's interesting to see her like run the ship and like the kind of things that, that she want that she wants to put forward 
you don't really hear her intentions as much and then see her try to execute them as much as you just hear what other people think about her. So I think it's interesting. Did you know her as more of an entrepreneurial person? Did I say that word? I don't think I necessarily know that side of her. I've seen her be a boss to her assistants. Yeah. And I've, which is very similar to the way she is on the show. Um, and I've seen her model that I have to tell you is her greatest gift. Like she's a really talented actress and like, you know, maybe she doesn't get an opportunity to do that as much anymore, but I actually watched her model once. Uh, she invited me to a shoot or two. I think it was, I've been several, but like this one in particular, um, at the Beverly Hills hotel. And I was floored. Really? Like every flash was a different pose. She was so creative. She inspired me and actually, um, made me shoot differently i think mm-hmm. i shoot differently and i get a lot of compliments uh from photographers on the way that i shoot and you i just think came from modeling it all came from watching Lindsay. Like, for like six hours i watched Lindsay shoot and she's just fantastic um what do you think it is why do you think she has that it factor or, or this factor about her that it's like we're still so enamored with her even though she's been on the public the factory eye factory factor like this is hollywood hollywood conspires to make stars Lindsay lohan has been People have been conspiring to make her a star since she's a baby. And it's like, it shows like she's got, she's got a lot of technique. You know, they found she had God given talent and they they slapped a lot of technique on it. And the only way you could really get that technique is from training, you know? And Lindsay's like done so many magazine shoots and so many different like runway things. And like so many different, um, even when she was just like younger and doing Disney only, I mean, how many times was she in like J 14 or whatever? Like who knows? Like, I mean, she's just been doing that her whole life. Like, you know, so with all of that comes a lot of skill that you just can't like, give somebody you know there is like natural given talent but you have to do the work to learn all of that i'm just telling you if you ever get an opportunity or if anyone if uh, hopefully she'll do a photo shoot on this and people could see what i'm talking about but it's it's something to say yeah i don't even think of modeling as a talent until i saw her do it interesting yeah um i want to briefly touch on if you're comfortable talking about this I find it hard watching this in terms of her sobriety because I know she's been open about her sobriety in the past with like the Oprah show and stuff. And I think watching this, a lot of us are on the edge of our seat. Like, is she sober now or like what's going on with her sobriety? Because we see her around alcohol and she's around this partying atmosphere. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people that I've known who have gone through sobriety, some people it's like a disease for them and they just can't be anywhere near it. And then some people yeah. need to do like a 90 day reboot and then like reevaluate what it is that they do and what they're comfortable with doing. You know, it's not like we're watching her like, you know, like do rails, you right. know, I guess the only thing I could say is when we watched Anna Nicole Smith back in the day, there was no denying that she was doing some, something yeah. off camera and Lindsay seemed sober and together and like, you know, yeah. and getting shit done. So, I mean, I guess the proof is in that, you know? Yeah. So I want to ask you, what do you hope from this series going forward? Because you mentioned, the kid, the ambassadors being too much of a focus. Like you would like to see more Lindsay. I just, I don't really have hopes, but um, yeah. I, <laughs> I just I hope it, it does whatever Lindsay hopes it does. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, I root for her. I really do. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you what's going on with you. What's mm. up in your life? Oh. You're doing stand up now. Oh, oh. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, me. Um, I leave at 5am. I'm yeah. going back out on a little leg of my tour. Yeah. I'm doing uh, colleges, clubs, and theaters across uh, the world. Um, I'm doing a UK tour in, uh, Oh, that's exciting. In, uh, in April and, uh, going to Hong Kong in July. Oh my God. You're all over the place. I'm really just doing like a lot of big things and it's fun. Where um, can people get tickets and stuff? Uh, you can go to what's up Um, 
and uh, find something. But really, the best way is just to follow me on social media because I'm constantly uh, posting up little secret shows. And right. so, if you just watch my social media, you might find out where I am, and you can catch me like in a different place. Yeah. And I'm uh, what's up, Danny on. Uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, BlackPeopleMeet.com, JDate, oh. uh, Venmo, and Farmers Only. Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> He's everywhere. I'm everywhere you need me to be. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for doing the yeah. show and coming by. Well, thanks for having um, me. Any yeah. other final thoughts about the Lohan Beach Club? I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. Wait, will you please? Can I? I'm just inviting myself with you. I'm going to come with you. <laughs> Maybe. I'll just show up. <laughs> will you pay for a cabana? No. <laughs> then you can't come. <laughs> come on, Lindsay would give you a cabana, right? I feel like she would give you one. She'd probably give me one, yeah. Yeah. Who would you make out? Okay, wait, one more question. Who would you make out with? Like, if you, if, because Lindsay's like asking the VIP clients, who would they want? Those guys aren't really my type. Really? Like, really, just like in general. I think that Aristotle guy is hot. Here's the thing, okay? I'm not like, I like cute more than I like handsome or sexy. And a cute guy could be handsome and sexy, and like a handsome guy could be cute. But like usually when you're sexy, you're sexy. Yeah. And those sexy guys, they're not really my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And maybe the maybe the the blonde bi guy. Mike, he's cute. Yeah, he's pretty cute. Yeah. They're all they're all very sexy, right? They're all attractive. Yeah. They're yeah. sixes at best. But <laughs> what attractive. An when he said that, I was like, well, fuck you, asshole. Like, really? Those girls are gorgeous too. He's saying all the girls are at best a six. I was like, these girls are fucking models. Like that blonde girl is stunning. Like they're all stunning. Yeah. I thought. Anyway. Um, Daniel, thank you so much. Thank you. For that. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills 
and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important, uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. It's time to talk New Jersey. Are you guys still watching The Real Houses in New Jersey? I'm loving it. Oh, I love it. I love it so, so much. I mentioned it a little bit at the top of the show, but I thought this episode was fantastic. We opened the episode with Teresa showing the girls her her workout competition bathing suit, which is just string. I mean, it was like barely any fabric. And Teresa's body looks amazing, but there's not much being covered in that workout uniform, if that's what you call it. Meanwhile, the girls, Margaret, Melissa, and Jackie, (laughs) I said Melissa weird, Melissa, they are at a jewelry store getting Teresa strong jewelry. So they were getting her a necklace made that said strong. Did you guys catch the jeweler at this jewelry place? I know it wasn't Jennifer's brother, it was just a guy, but if you caught an eye of this guy, he was just so smiley on camera. (laughs) I loved him. Like, he was just in the background. The whole time the girls were talking and chatting, he had this devilish smile on his face the entire fucking time. And I loved it. And I wanted cameras to stay on him. He was maybe a gay. I, don't, I thought he was a gay. So his smile said gay to me. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's PC to say, but it's my truth and I'm living it. I think he was gay. But he was wonderful and I loved him. I want more eyes on him. And so Jennifer wasn't there, but Jennifer, what we did see in a scene at her husband's plastic surgery office, which I wondered, like, did we see this office before? I don't think we've seen it. Her husband Bill's a monster, yes? I think we can all agree on that. Something about him scares me. Like, the way... Speaking of smiles, I said that jewelry store guy was smiling. Bill, Jennifer's husband, has a half smile that he does. And it leaves me very uneasy. Because it's like he squints his eyes a little bit and he gives a half smile. That whole plastic surgery scene, he was giving like this half smile. And it just looks like he's thinking of things that shouldn't be thought about. Do you know what I mean? And I don't like that. I sort of feel like he's controlling with Jennifer. He got a little bit mad. He gave her some lip about going to Cabo. And I just, something about him feels very off to me. I think he's a monster. I don't like the way he treats Jennifer. I don't like it. And then we do see more of this Teresa working out. So she is actually with Frank. And I do like her and Frank working out together. We see them at the gym. I think they're cute together, but I'm very tired of this working out storyline. I encourage everyone to do whatever fitness plan they would like, but I would also just say I don't need to see it on camera. I don't ever want to see in a housewife show another girl doing a a woman or man doing a fitness competition. I'm not interested. When Tamara did it, not interested. And it like makes the rest of the show boring because it's like they're not drinking, they're not eating. I don't want another. I encourage everyone to go join every workout competition. I think it's a great accomplishment. I don't want to see it on camera. It's like when Carol was doing the marathon. You know, great, good for her for doing the marathon, but we don't need to see it. You know, I'm not interested in seeing someone run a marathon. So I'd like them to stop doing this workout stuff. Then we see Joe and Marge, and I like them together. I think they really do love each other. And Marge has sort of scratched the surface on her relationship with her ex-husband's kids, you know, her ex-husband Jan, and 
the kids in her life. And I think there's way more there. Even when she was on this podcast, she kind of touched on it. She said her Christmas wish was for the whole family to to get together. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, there's more going on with Marge and her kids. And I don't know if we'll ever get to it, because she said they don't want to film or whatever. But I think there's some, like, very dynamic stuff there. Um, Speaking of, well, this isn't very dynamic, but we see Melissa with her family. So, the Melissa's sisters, they got her mom drunk, and then they all meet. So, the sisters liquored up the mom, and the mom, they all met at dinner, and the mom was, like, a really fun drunk. Did you notice that? Melissa's a fun drunk, too. So, obviously, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But I couldn't help but remember Dana. Remember Dana from Vanderpump Rules? Like, Dana was such a messy fucking drunk. Or whatever she was on. But in Vanderpump Rules, like, Dana was so embarrassing. And comparing that to Melissa's mom, who just seemed like a fun, good-time gal. Like, I thought, wow, these are two different people. And Melissa, I was like, she'll probably watch this back and think, oh, her mom's funny. Like, Stassi watched back and was like, oh, my mom's a mess. But... <laughs> Anyway, this whole storyline with Melissa and the other sister, I am not feeling good about it. I know maybe I'm being pessimistic or something, but I feel like it's going nowhere. I feel like we're going to get to the end of the season and it's going to be like, well, I didn't have another sister. And then I'm going to feel bamboozled. So I wish the storyline would just wrap it up. I don't... And maybe... Look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe by the end of the season, we're going to have a new gal, a new sister. She's going to show up and then she'll join the cast next season. It'll be like on Grey's Anatomy, how like... You know, Meredith Grey always decide, always learns she has, like, a new sister or something. It's like, maybe that's what this is. P.S. Let's take a detour. Grey's Anatomy was great the past couple weeks, or the past week. I fucking love Grey's Anatomy, you guys. I still do. It's been on 100 years. I love it. Meredith had that moment with DeLuca. I know we're not here to talk about Grey's Anatomy, but DeLuca's one of the hottest men to be on TV in a long time. And that moment she had with DeLuca last week, ah, I died. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But but Melissa may have a sister at the end of all this. But I don't think she's going to. I'm pessimistic, and I feel like they're just leading us to nothing. So I don't like that. But the mom was fun. Uh, Anyway, then we see Teresa and Frank Jr. go to get spray tans. And you guys, we open the scene with them sitting down. So it's Dolores, Frank Sr., Frank Jr., and Teresa. And they're at a tanning salon. And they're talking about the competition. Now, I'm thinking they had already gotten the spray tans. I thought for sure we had, they had already gone through the spray tan process because process, they were all sitting there, and they looked, they looked like very dark. Their skin looked very dark sitting down. Like, I would say their skin looked like Countess Luann when she dressed up as Diana Ross for Halloween. Like, that's the skin tone they had when we opened the scene. Okay, then, all of a sudden, like, they're talking, and I'm, they're talking about the competition, and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, the worker from the spray tan comes in and was like, are you ready to get your spray tans? And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what? Didn't we already get their spray tans? Like, I was shocked. I, I've honestly, I don't know that I've ever been that shocked watching Housewives than I was when the spray tan gal came in. Woman. I stopped saying gal, I'm sorry. But when the woman came in and was like, you know, you ready to get your spray tan? And Teresa, like, bolted up and was like, okay. I thought, really? We didn't already get them? And then they go on, and they get even darker. They get even darker, and I thought, why is, what's this workout competition thing that they, they need to look like that? Like, I love a beautiful dark-skinned person, don't get me wrong, I'm just saying that's not their natural tone, like, it's weird to get that dark 
for some sort of competition situation. And they keep cutting back. Did you guys notice they keep cutting back to Frank Sr.'s Mr. New Jersey picture? And I don't, I don't like, I know it's like a bodybuilding thing, but it does sort of gross me out when I see when they, when they're all spray tanned and they got the veins popping out everywhere and they're posing like that. Something about it is uneasy for me. You know, you know, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I used to get very scared of those claymation Christmas specials. Do you remember like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Like those always terrified the shit out of me. And I feel that same sense of uneasiness when I see people in bodybuilding competitions. Like something about those bodies, and look, I know they're God-given bodies, like God bless, but something makes me very uneasy, and I'm just living my truth. I don't like seeing people in bodybuilding competitions at all. But they keep cutting back to that Frank Sr. one. I was very happy when they showed us Frank Jr. getting his spray tan because I like him <laughs> to look at. Frank Jr. is beautiful. I don't I didn't like seeing him in the competition because again, I'm uneasy by that. But when he was getting his spray tan, I was like, okay, I can look at this. You know, like that turned me on. I was wet. I'm wet. <laughs> I'm wet. I was wet watching Frank Jr. get a spray tan. I'll be honest. I you know, I wasn't interested when he was modeling on stage, but when I see him at the spray tan booth, I'm ready for him to sit on my face. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, then they get their spray tans. Then we, we did see a little glimpse of Marge with her housekeeper, Marlene. And we've seen Marlene before. I love her. I think I've mentioned that before. I love Marlene. And I want her as a main housewife. I want Marge's housekeeper as a main housewife. I do. And we saw a little bit of Marge working with her hospital gowns for kids idea. And again, I love this idea. I think it's the best idea I've seen on Housewives ever for in terms of entrepreneurship. Love it. Love it. And I cried when Marge was talking about it. I literally cried, like sobbed. I told you I watched this on my bad day. Like I had, I watched it on the, the day I was feeling depressed. And so when I saw the hospital gowns, I cried. I did. I get the screeners of these of Jersey, and so I can watch them a little earlier. And so that's why, if you're wondering about the timeline, I'm not sure if I should tell people that. You guys, I, well, never mind. Okay, I'll tell you. On Monday, I drop a bombshell on this show. So if you listen to Monday's episode, I have a very special guest. I drop a bombshell. I'll, I'll say that. I'll leave it at that. You'll see. You'll have to wait and see. Anyway, um, I love this idea with the hospital guns. I think it's so beautiful. And then we see the uh, Teresa getting ready for this competition. Frank Jr. is like rubbing her down. I don't know. And then all the footage looked like it wasn't from production. Didn't the footage from this competition look like it was, I don't know, like cell phone footage or something? And did you guys see? Everyone pull over if you're driving. <laughs> Sit down. Take a moment because we have to talk about something from this competition. When Teresa was doing her poses, there was one pose that they showed twice, and it looked like Teresa was getting ready to shit on stage. She did, she was squaring up like she was going to take a shit. You know when you take a dog out to go, and they like they kind of sniff around, they walk around, they do like a little rehearsed choreographed thing, and then they squat. That's what Teresa did. She came on stage, she did like a little choreographed walk, and then she like stationed her legs, and she squared up. And she looked like a dog ready to poop. Like that's, I w- when Teresa made that, you guys know what I'm talking about. It was like her back was to the audience. And I literally like, I gasped, you know, I clutched my gay pearls and I was like, because oh, I thought she was going to poop on stage. I did. 
I know this episode's a lot of poop humor, I'm sorry, but I thought Teresa was going to shit on the stage. I did. She squared on up. She was in that little bikini, and I thought, we'll see it all. If something comes out, we're going to see it all, because there's barely any fabric on her right now. But she just, she turned around, and was like, is that part of it? Do they teach them that? I don't know. It was good, though. It was funny, at least. And then competition ends. They do well, whatever. And then I was so, so then they go on this Cabo trip and I felt like so much release that Teresa was able to start drinking and eating again. Like, didn't you guys feel release? I thought like, whew, wow, finally. I was so happy. So they go on this Cabo trip and it was a little sad at first because it was raining everywhere. And I thought, oh, this is bad. Housewives vacation with all this rain. And then they were, so they land in Cabo. They take that bus and that bus is where Margaret made the Mexicoma joke. Teresa's gonna be at a Mexicoba. And then they all go, <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, that fake laugh I do is annoying. <laughs> I hope none of your dogs are barking if you're listening to this near a dog. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But they all thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever. I swear it was as if some comedian like Joan Rivers was telling them all a fucking joke. And they do that a lot with Margaret. Have you noticed that? Everyone thinks, like, Margaret's the funniest fucking person they've ever met. And look, I love Margaret, and I think she's funny, too, but not that funny. Not that funny. Anyway, then Teresa says she assigned the rooms in Cabo. Dolores got her own room. Jen got her own room. And then Teresa shared with Danielle. And Jackie, you guys, Jackie, one of the new girls, she knows that Danielle's a nutball. Have you seen this 180 that Jackie's done? She's not even giving Danielle a shot. She's like. Danielle's a nutball. I can see that with my own eyes. And she's right. She's right. Danielle is a nutball. I love watching her, but she's fucking nuts. And then Teresa says, like, Danielle and I get along, and they do another flashback to that table flip. 19 times? Fucking bitch! Prostitution whore! They did a flashback, which we've seen a million times, and I'll see it a million more. Bravo's gotten so much mileage out of that. 15 seconds. They are lucky that happened. And then, oh, this was, so Marge was in the room talking to Melissa and Jackie about Danielle, about her relationship with Danielle. And again, Margaret was like saying some story about how Danielle's going to go home five pounds thinner. And everyone cracked the fuck up. They cracked the fuck up. It was like they were in the audience for Mrs. Maisel's show. Like it was like, Margaret said the funniest fucking thing again. So then they go to dinner and they're at the dinner. And did you guys catch this? They were like talking about what they're going to do the next day. And Jennifer's like, we should go shopping, get some sobreros and Morocco's. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you just got to Cabo and you're like, I need to go buy a sombrero. Like, what? <laughs> and then they present Teresa with the jewelry. So they give her that strong necklace. And Jennifer's mad that they didn't go to her brother, who's a jeweler, jeweler we just learned. But Jennifer knew they were getting it. And then Jennifer's like, well, I thought you were getting costume jewelry. And then there's so much tension between Marge and Jennifer. And then Jennifer just blurts out. She says, it's fucking ugly about the necklace. Which, you guys, that is not, that's horrible manners. Horrible manners. And I don't want my housewives to have good manners, so I was happy about it. But the way, I mean, it was horrible what Jennifer said about it. Like, you don't just say, you don't watch someone give someone a gift and then say, oh, it's fucking ugly. (laughs) I could not believe she said it. And then it kept escalating. Even Dolores, who likes Jennifer, was in her confessional being like, uh, what the fuck did Jennifer just say? She knew about this jewelry. Then this fight 
got crazy and I loved it. I loved it, you guys. I loved it. At one point, Marge said that Jennifer needs to fix her lip liner because it looks like a monkey's asshole. And then Jennifer responds with a response that took me aback. She said, yeah, monkey's asshole that you fucking sucked, probably. So let's back up here. So Marge said, fix your lip liner. It looks like a monkey's asshole. Then Jennifer responded with, yeah, a monkey's asshole that you fucking sucked, probably. So at this point, they're all just saying words. No one's sure what they're saying. Like, does that make any sense to people? Fix your lip liner. It looks like a monkey's asshole. That makes sense to me. So Marge is saying, Jennifer's face looked like a monkey's butt. But then Jennifer's response with, yeah, a monkey's asshole that you fucking sucked, probably. Is she insinuating that Marge gave a monkey a rim job? Is that the insinuation that Marge goes around and gives monkeys rim jobs? Because that's what I'm hearing. Because, I mean, what else would that mean? Yeah, a monkey's asshole that you fucking sucked, probably. So if we're talking about a butthole, I mean, I mean, this is a tale for another time, but that's not what you do when you give a rim job. I'm just saying. You don't suck. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, the insinuation is that Marge gives, blow, gives rim jobs to monkeys. And then also it's like, wait a minute. So Marge is calling her, Jennifer the monkey, right? Marge is calling Jennifer's mouth monkey's butt. Okay. So then Jennifer is saying Marge sucks Jennifer. So then is she saying, is Jennifer telling Marge that Marge gave her a rim job? Because Jennifer's the monkey's asshole that we're talking about in the first sentence. So then the response would lead us to believe that Jennifer is telling Margaret that she gave Jennifer a rim job. Okay, and that's shocking to me. I'm sorry to get blue again, but you know what? That's the insinuation here. I wrote these words down. But the point is, Jennifer snapped, and I was here for it. Then at one point, Danielle was like, let's get out of here. And as Danielle's like getting Jennifer to walk away from the table to talk about Margaret, so Danielle is trying to escort her away to the hotel lobby, Danielle says something. She says, I'll suck on that monkey's asshole. So now Danielle is saying to the group, the whole table, that she will give the monkey, who's Jennifer in this case, a rim job. Like, that's what we're talking about, you guys. That's what Danielle said in like a prideful way. So it's like at this point, these women don't even know what the fuck they're saying. They're talking about some monkey's asshole, and they don't even know... Like, the words that are coming out of their mouth, they're all just saying things. And they, here's the thing with housewives. Like, they're not, they don't always give good comebacks or, or jabs or whatever. Like, on a scripted show, like if I was scripting a fight between two men or two women or a man or a woman, I would never write these words because they don't make any fucking sense. But what's fun about housewives is they're just saying words. They're not, they don't assign meaning to them. They, none of it makes sense. They're just blurting shit out. And I love that. I do. So Danielle leaving the table, I'll suck on that monkey's asshole, she said. Not thinking what the words are. Then Margaret's at the table and she says, you know, at one point she says, Teresa has a bad judge of character. And then Dolores says, Teresa's never been a good judge of character since we were 16 years old. So there's there's clearly lines here. I think it's definitely Teresa, Danielle, Jennifer, and Dolores. Although Dolores is a little more in the middle. But I still think she's more on the Teresa side. And Danielle and Jennifer. And then we have Jackie, Melissa, and 
Margaret. And look, I think Jackie, Melissa, and Margaret seem to have a heads on their shoulders. Like, they seem like they know what they're talking about. The other ones are just talking about monkeys' assholes. But I think Margaret, Jackie, and Melissa, those are the people that I would maybe want to be more friends with in real life. Now, the people I want to watch on the show, maybe the other group. But it's definitely two-sided, right? It's two-sided. And then next week, first of all, we see Teresa on a camel in her underwear. She's just, literally, did you see that shot of Teresa on a camel in what she was wearing? I mean, it was shocking. Like, all the other girls looked like they were dressed appropriately, but Teresa was in the strangest outfit to ride a camel. But I love when they ride a camel. Remember when the New York girls rode the camels in Morocco and Countess Luann almost flipped off? Ooh, that was good. I'm excited. And then, Margaret throws a drink at Danielle. Ugh, I can't fucking wait. Can't fucking wait. I'm loving New Jersey, you guys. And Atlanta, I know uh, we didn't talk about Atlanta, but Atlanta's, I'm still loving Portia and Nini talking together. I still love them together. I did like they're in Japan, and it seems like it's really picking up. Nini got really mad at Tanya at the end of the episode. I'm very excited about where Atlanta's going. I'm very excited about where it's going. So I just want to say that. Wow, and that's the episode. So I want to thank you all for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. There's an Everything Iconic Facebook group. If you want to join that group, just go to Facebook and search. Uh, it's called Everything Iconic, the pop, uh, the Cynthia Swan Crisis Center for Pop Culture Lovers. That's the name of it. Uh, I want to thank Samson Technologies for sponsoring the show. What else? I uh, Please write and review this on iTunes if you like it. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I feel bad that you don't like it, but please don't give me a poor review. <laughs> but I love you. Maybe just DM me or something. And uh, if you want to support this show and get access to bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. I just put on a brand new bonus episode. It's like a Q&A mailbag where I answer some questions that people sent in. We talk about Oscar nominations and a few other things. So if you want that, that's a new bonus episode up on Patreon. And you get access to all of those for donating $4 more per month. So I, my goal is to do at least one bonus episode a month over there. I've been doing a little bit more, but my goal and and what I'm, I guess, promising is one bonus episode a month. But then there's been some extras over there. So anyway, thank you to everyone who's over there. Now, ah, a lot of talking for me, huh? I'm sorry. Some, you know, I only had Daniel for a little bit of time, limited time, but I'm glad I got to talk Lindsay with him. And then, um, yeah, we have a great show coming Monday. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. My guest is Darren Carp, who's Andy's assistant. Of course, bravo, Andy's assistant. And we get into it, you guys. Oh, I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. I'm so excited. So excited. So with that, I want to leave you all. Let's do our little cool down. Take, everyone take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Think of a hobby that you have, something like knitting or, or anything that you have. Breathe out. So Teresa's hobby and one of her focuses this season is the working out in this bodybuilding competition. So I want to think of a hobby that you enjoy. Take some time this week to do that hobby. Try to fit it into your week. I know we all lead busy lives, work, kids, school, whatever it is you're doing. Try to find some time for a hobby that you love that fulfills you with joy in the same way that Teresa does. <laughs> I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. There's no turning back, no, no It's all in front of you There's no turning back
I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.